Welcome to Out of the Blank. to another episode of out of the blank podcast i'm here with david thomas david please let everybody know a little bit about yourself uh hi uh, i'm dave thomas uh, i live in socorro new mexico uh i'm uh, president of a, a skeptics group based out of albuquerque new mexico called new mexicans for science and reason uh, i've got a, a fun little website nmsr.org org and uh down here in socorro i work uh at a uh, earthquake Instrument Center, uh, helping people, uh, scientists borrow um, seismometers for their uh, big experiments. Uh, but in, in, I have a night job uh, teaching a, a fun class called uh, Science and Pseudoscience, uh, Psychology 1180. And um, in that uh, class, we look at all sorts of uh, conspiracy theories, uh, the 9-11 truth conspiracies, uh, we look at uh, COVID conspiracies and, and 5G and ivermectin and, and all of that. And uh, we look at uh, creationism, intelligent design, um, the flat earth movement. I have a, a lecture on, on the flat earthers and um, uh, UFOs. So um, we're coming up on the 75th anniversary uh, of the Roswell incident. And uh, just yesterday, we did our uh, class on uh, the great UFOs uh, of New Mexico. We've got um, Roswell, we've got the Aztec uh, flying saucer, we've got the Socorro incident uh, right here in town, and, uh, and then the Dulce underground bases. And so New Mexico uh, is, a, is a hotbed of uh, paranormal activity, if you could call it that. Now, do you believe in that stuff? Like, I, I understand, like, from the skeptic mag, I'm starting to realize that a lot of these people are here to debunk what they would call these conspiracy theories, which uh, probably you get a lot of flack from the UFO community or UAP community is what they want to be called now. I'm just curious to what your thoughts are on, especially even with the Roswell incident as well, too, because I know you've written a paper about it as well. Yeah. So uh, my, my big thought is, uh, you know, it's a huge universe, uh, billions of galaxies, billions of stars in each one. And, and I think it's presumptuous uh, for us to think that we're it, that, that we're the only life form uh, in the universe. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that there are other life forms, uh, intelligent life forms, that, that's a whole nother uh, hoop. You know, here we've had uh, evolution here on Earth for um, billions of years and, and animal evolution for 540 million years. Uh, and yet the evolution of an intelligence uh, able to manipulate the environment, uh, to see the big picture, um, to invent vaccines and, and whatnot. That's, that's a relatively uh, recent development. So um, from the very limited view of the universe that we have, uh, intelligence looks pretty special. Um, uh, but that said, uh, I, I don't think that uh, alien visitors uh, have been uh, landing on Earth and, and kidnapping our citizens and, and mutilating our cows and uh, doing all these um, activities. Um, I'm, I'm ready to be convinced if you can, you know, show me that alien spaceship or, or a, a vial of blood with the, the alien genome, uh, that that would go a long way toward um, establishing uh, that, that something that amazing uh, has happened. Hi. But um, as I you know, showed my class uh, earlier this week, uh, space is huge and, and the energy requirements to, to take a, a mothership, say about the size of a, a, one of our cruise liners uh, that you cruise around the South Pacific on, um, you know, thousands of cabins, um, a galley, a, a captain's quarters, all that, um, able to, to take thousands of people. So if you took that kind of size ship, about a, a, um, a cruise liner sized ship to uh, accelerate that to 
um, let's say half the speed of light. Uh, and then you could coast for a long time. You could uh, decelerate, you know, put the brakes on, land somewhere, probe some aliens, um, kidnap some cows, whatever. Uh, then you have to gas up, uh, accelerate to come back, and then uh, put the brakes on. So there's there's four episodes of acceleration, deceleration, and uh, and you add all those up and, and look at uh, different uh, scenarios. Like, do you have to take your fuel with you, which you know makes it much more expensive? Or uh, I've I've also considered, uh, you know, let's say you have a ramjet and you're scooping up hydrogen from interstellar space and and uh, compressing it to undergo fusion and getting your power that way. Uh, and even with uh, those kinds of options, when you look at um, all the uh, considerations, um, it, it would take um, so many hundreds or even thousands of times more than all the energy humanity has used uh, since the Industrial Revolution began. Um, thousands of times our, our total earthly output for hundreds of years. Uh, just to take one decent sized mothership and accelerate it to uh, a, a considerable fraction of the speed of light, say half. Well, that disables my theory that it could be government tech. I was more in the belief that like it, it probably wasn't aliens. It might have been like some government tech we haven't seen. Um, but now I'm also in the belief that it could be a weather phenomenon. I'm not like a hardcore like it's this or that. I'm more open minded. I think everyone's got their own kind of I think you start to realize, especially talking with people who are into conspiracy theories, whether it's 9-11, whether it's flat earth, whether it's this from what i've learned it's just a lot of like there's a line where i draw it and i would say is when it starts to get violent like i don't think when it starts to get violent that's a no i don't like that i'm more of like if you want to talk about like oh because of this and because of that i like the back and forth banter with it the conversation style with it um a lot of it it's it's a lot of like for them i feel like a lot it's being shut down um, mostly because if someone says the earth is flat and you're like, well, no, it's this because of this, because of this, it's because of this, a lot of that are like, I don't care about that stuff. I'm going to go with the information I have in a sense of like, they don't tired of being felt like they're lesser or maybe talked down to in a sense. But when it comes to the UFO topic, a lot of what I've noticed with it, especially because I mean, what I want to get to is the Roswell incident. Like I only know from what I've heard in stories because I wasn't alive when it happened. But I mean, that's usually what their main focus point is. They bring it back to that. They'll bring it to Bob Lazar. They'll bring it to whatever. They'll keep naming off names. And sometimes those names don't even have identification behind it. They'll be like, I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy. And then it's like, oh, well, wh where's the evidence, though, is the thing. And it's like, well, you, we don't have it. It's like they, they'll do anything to avoid that, I would say. Um, but it's just so it's it's hard because we haven't seen anything like that before now i'm more in belief that there's definitely life out there in the universe do i believe it contacted here no um i think if anything it's something else going on maybe even a weather phenomenon ball lightning for instance is one that i can believe a little bit more um but for a lot of people, you know, they said they experience things and that gets even harder because we don't know what they've experienced or they don't know what this is. And I think it's an interesting topic, but there's a lot more infighting than I see with it than I actually see promotion of like an actual wanting to know what else is out there, which I think is, you know, we should have eyes and ears open to what's out there as well, too. But I don't know a lot. It, it, what are your thoughts? So, so I'm sort of a, a show me kind of skeptic. Um, you know, if somebody comes up and, and claims that they have extra sensory perception, uh, my first instinct is, is not to mock them and say, oh, that's impossible. Everyone knows that's impossible. Uh, rather, I say, oh, wow, ESP, I've got an experiment. Let's stand back and let's try science. Um, and actually, uh, in my class, I, I show them how to design if ESP was real. Here's the, the kind of rigorous uh, scientific test that you could do that would prove it if it was real and, and you'd have a, a signal to measure. So um, as, as far as uh, the UFOs, if um, you know somebody has, has seen something strange, I'm, I'm interested in that. I'm not gonna just tell them you know right off the bat, well, it's not aliens. Uh, I, I'd have to hear you know what they saw first. but I um, the skeptics have a, a sort of saying, Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and 
an example of that, you know, here in the Southwest, we have lots of ranchers and, and lots of uh, barns and cattle and, and horses. So if a, a rancher came up to me and said, Dave, I've got a horse in my barn, I'd, I'd probably say, Clem, you're a good man. I believe you. And I'd go along my day, the rest of my day. But if, if Clem came up and said, Dave, got me a unicorn in my barn, I'd say, Clem, you want to grab my camera? Let's go. Uh, and I'd check it out. That's, that's sort of my, uh, my attitude. But when it comes to uh, the Roswell incident, for instance, I want to get to your work on that, for instance. Um, I, that seems like a harder topic, especially from where you're located as well, too, because I know that's kind of like um, it's like near the Loch Ness. Everyone kind of promotes the idea. Oh, it's a Loch Ness monster. It's kind of like a selling point for a place as well, too. I feel okay. like that's with Roswell, New Mexico as well. It's kind of a selling point. I mean, I know like they had a McDonald's that was in the shape of a UFO. I mean, that's a that's a selling point. It's an advertising standpoint. It, Maybe that's it all some, it is. Some towns have a potato festival. And, and Roswell's got a UFOs festival, and, and I can't uh, fault them for uh, using that as a, as a mechanism to uh, uh, generate some capital. Uh, their, their big UFO festival, I think it peaked in the 90s. They had uh, 50,000 attending. Uh, but I'm, I'm not able to get the figures uh, recently because I, I think they're um, too low for the, the town to want to release. So, um, but, but my angle on, on the uh, Roswell incident uh, is uh, that I went to school here at New Mexico Tech in Socorro and uh, the, uh, the chairman of the physics department for, uh, for a long time was uh, Charlie Moore. Uh, he was an atmospheric uh, physicist. He, he died uh, about 10 years ago. And uh, when he was a grad student in 1947, uh, he was at New York University and they put him on this uh, secret project that the Army Air Force was working on uh, called Project Mogul. And, they, and his job was to get balloons uh, up in the atmosphere to stay at a, at a constant altitude, uh, which is, is really a hard physics problem because uh, balloons um, have, have gas. And, and when they rise up to a lower uh, pressure, uh, atmospheric pressure, they expand and that makes them um, you know, go upwards more. So getting a balloon to stay at a constant level is, is really tricky. So that's uh, what Charlie Moore was, was working on. But the, the reason for that is uh, that they, um, this was 1947. Uh, we, World War II had ended just uh, two years earlier with our dropping of uh, two atomic bombs on uh, Japan. And, uh, but it, World War II started with a sneak attack uh, Pearl Harbor. Um, you know, we, we were not uh, expecting that. And, and so, um, in 1947, the United States was, uh, deathly afraid of another sneak attack this time from our former allies, the, the Russians who we knew, uh, they had spies in Los Alamos and we knew they were working on their own atomic bomb. So we were pretty desperate to have intelligence on, uh, the Soviet atomic bomb development. So um, a scientist named Athelstan uh, Spillhouse, a uh, pretty famous uh, scientist at uh, New York University, he had a weekly column, um, a, you know, sort of a, a science, uh, wonders of science uh, in the Sunday funnies. Uh, and, and presidents said, you know, I, I learned science from your column. Uh, I think Truman said that. But um, Spillhouse, uh, looked at uh, history and, and how can we detect these Soviet uh, nuclear tests. And uh, he came across uh, Krakatoa. So uh, Krakatoa was a volcano that blew up in 1883 uh, in Indonesia and, and just a huge uh, explosion, big tsunami, uh, killed uh, tens of thousands of people. Uh, but the explosion uh, was so loud that it could be heard uh, for thousands of kilometers, you know, it's like all over that uh, Indonesian region. And so uh, Spillhouse was able to, to look at the, the timing and, and calculate, because uh, we know um, from the, the speed of sound, what temperature the air that that uh, sound wave is propagating in and, and the pressure and, and other things. And uh, so Spillhouse figured out, wow, that the sound waves from that volcano 
we're in a really cold air zone, which which occurs about 50,000 feet up. It's it's called the tropopause. Uh, it's sort of between the, the troposphere where we have our, our normal weather and the, the stratosphere, uh, which is, uh, you know, where planes like to fly and, yeah. and more clouds. And uh, so if you get uh, a big sound wave, like a volcanic explosion or or an atomic explosion, uh, the sound waves will will stay in that layer, and they'll uh, sort of propagate uh, around the Earth. And uh, so his idea was to get uh, microphones, not just one microphone, but uh, like three differently spaced microphones, so that as the wave swept by them, they could trigger, 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 and you could triangulate where this sound came from. So it was a kind of primitive method to to estimate where where are the soviets testing their nuclear weapons and and it uh so in the in the summer 1947 they tried some flights from new jersey and the wind just you know blew them away uh it was not practical so they moved the whole thing down to alamogordo new mexico and uh, launched um several flights from there and on one of the the first test flights uh which was number four I believe um, uh, they uh, tracked it, uh, and, and an important uh, detail uh, regarding these uh, mogul flights uh, was that um, uh, at this time, you know, World War II uh, wars were, were a lot more in your face back then, and and there was rationing, and uh, mom and pop companies uh, built things to help the war effort. And so you had this little uh, toy company in, in Manhattan uh, called Merrick Manufacturing that, that made the radar reflectors that the, the Army Air Force used for these balloon flights. And uh, so they needed some for this uh, project, which was called uh, Project Mogul. And, and the purpose of the project to, to spy on, on Soviet atomic tests, that was top secret at the time. But the... Uh, uh, the physics of like getting a balloon to fly at constant level that that was public and uh, Charlie Moore even you know published on that in the Journal of Meteorology. So um, they had this um, um, basically, and I've got a picture of the uh, of the balloon trains. Um, I remember like the picture from the magazine that they showed it, it. It just seemed like something that was a little bit different, but I was wondering, so that headline in the newspaper and the article way, way back then, that was more of a, like, kind of like a clickbait, I would say for back then, it was like something just to get people to buy the magazine, not really a, a truth type thing. Uh, I, th I think that was more of Major Marcel's uh, misconception. So let me, let me describe uh, how it happened. Uh, so in June, um, they, they, uh, were sending up these 600 foot tall, uh, balloon trains for the secret project Mogul, and they had radar reflectors and the reflectors were, were flimsy. They were kind of collapsing. And so they asked this mom and pop toy company in Manhattan, you know, make these reflectors stronger. And uh, so they had some tape that they applied to the radar reflectors and that tape had weird symbols on it that everyone describes as. It's not writing, it's not letters, it kind of looks like hieroglyphics. And, uh, and so Charlie Moore, when he was launching these 600 foot tall uh, balloon monsters, he would, he would think to himself, well, you know, uh, wonder why, why we're dolling up our radar reflectors like this. Um, and, and away they went. And so the uh, flight number four, I think it was launched in early June, uh, they tracked it. Um, as far as they could, and then and then the winds just blew it away, and they uh, lost it at a town not too far from Roswell. Uh, and what we think happened after that was the uh, the balloon uh, once once it got to a super high altitude, and the little weather they had twenty four weather balloons. Once enough of them popped, it uh, sank down to earth and started to drag along the ground near near the uh, Brazil uh, Ranch. Uh, that he was working at the, the rancher Mac, Mac Brazel. So as these, uh, as the balloons dragged their radar reflectors and parachutes, they would get pieces of them torn up. The whole assembly would get lighter. It would lift up. It would 
go a few more yards, more pieces would get torn off. And so this, uh, basically this 600 foot tall balloon disassembled itself by having it itself, uh, you know, pulled to bits as it uh, landed on the New Mexico desert. And that created this, this really weird scene where you've got hundreds of yards of this shiny metallic fabric everywhere looks like the we were just kind of crashed you could imagine and then and the poor rancher uh walked into that uh and he had been primed uh by a, another key event so um in in the summer of 1947 there wasn't just this uh, balloon experiment down in alamogordo that got lost uh, a fellow named Kenneth Arnold, a pilot up in uh, near Yakima, Washington, uh, he was flying along and he thought he saw some lights, some weird lights in the sky. And he described their motion as as they were skipping like saucers, like you might take a saucer and yeah. skip it on a lake. So he, he was trying to describe that undulating motion. And uh, and that's where we got flying saucers. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, and uh, but but back then they started to call them flying discs, and and that was the viral story of the summer of nineteen forty-seven. If you go back to newspapers, every newspaper every day had more flying discs reported. Minnesota, Missouri, and and there was a three thousand dollar reward for if you can you know find one of these flying discs. Uh, $3,000 for you. And it was in that atmosphere that the, the rancher was out, you know, just tending his, uh, his ranch and, and came across this incredibly weird debris field uh, with all this sort of torn up uh, metallic paper and uh, balloon bits. And so we gathered some up in a bundle. Um, it was probably a couple feet long. It weighed a few pounds, you know, five or 10 pounds, all the stuff he gathered up. And uh, he took that to the sheriff in, in Roswell. And the sheriff said, wow, I don't know what the heck this is. Why don't you take it to the Army Air Force? And, and so he did. And uh, they called Major Marcel, who was the uh, one of the intelligence officers at uh, at Roswell. And and he came in and 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 uh, said, let's go to the scene. So Marcel and, and uh, Razzel went out to the site and gathered uh, some more of that material. And, uh, and then they came back and in the middle of the night, uh, on his way back to Roswell, Marcel stopped at home and, and showed his, his family, his little son, especially this, this amazing weird material they had collected out on the desert. And there were sticks and the sticks had alien writing on them and and his son you know remembered that years later he said oh yeah i remember when daddy came in and showed me the alien writing and here's a picture of what i remember um so uh at any rate uh marcel you know got back to the base and 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 based on the writing he said we have a flying disc and so it was marcel who called the press office and said hey Press release, Roswell Army Air Force has, has collected a flying disc, the, the viral story of the summer. We got one. And of course, that went viral and it went on the, the wires and, and all the radio stations were calling. Um, How come there was no the like clarification on um, the idea of it being a weather balloon compared to it being like alien tech or something like that, because it seems like a huge mismanaged or maybe a possible opportunity. Like I, I'm always like kind of skeptical with the government. Um, but I mean, you would think that you would want to clarify like, Hey everyone, this is what it was. It wasn't this, but it seems like with all these headlines, I mean, it, it's, I, I can, I can get why someone would want to disable misinformation because that would lead society. When we start looking back on everything, everything's all jumbled up. You don't know what to believe, but it seems like they missed a major opportunity to try and educate people on the fact that th this isn't what this is. Cause the, the Roswell incident besides others, some Bob Lazar, whatever you want to say, UFO experience or incidents are the biggest, strongest points that they have. And it's so far back. It's very, very hard to try and dig up as much information as you possibly can from just an average person with their cell phone today. So, uh, yeah, there's, well, there's two points. Uh, one is, um, 
and um, no, it just had a uh, uh, derail of my train of thought. But um, um, welcome to <clears throat> Out of the Blank Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so we were talking about Major Marcel, and um, basically. Um, I, I think it was the alien writing that, that convinced him uh, this was the uh, the real thing. And then, um, so when it went uh, worldwide uh, over in Texas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, General Ramey said, uh, what the heck is all this? I want that stuff on my desk today and uh, bring Major Marcel too. And, and so on July 8th, uh, 1947, they, they flew Marcel out to uh, uh, Fort Worth, uh, to uh, where General Ramey was, and and they brought the debris, spread it out on the floor, had some photographers, and and that's when they made the announcement um, that it was a weather balloon. But but uh, two things uh, um, I remembered what I was going to say. One is uh, the Project Mogul was was no ordinary weather balloon. Um, a weather balloon, you know, it's like a single thing. It might have a little gadget at the bottom. Uh, Project Mogul had, it was 600 feet tall, it had 24 different weather balloons, it had three parachutes, it had three radar reflectors, it had strings, wires, um, it was a pretty complex gadget. So, um, you know, accusing people of uh, saying it's, it's just uh, a weather balloon, it, it was no simple weather balloon. And, and the other point, uh, germane to what you were saying, is uh, the Air Force did try to explain it. And in, in fact, uh, in the uh, papers on, uh, I believe, uh, July 10th, uh, they showed a picture of uh, the airmen at Alamogordo launching one of their radar reflectors. And, and they uh, tried to say, yeah, this what they found at Roswell was kind of like the stuff we're, we're launching. What they did not mention uh, was the top secret Project Mogul or, or looking for Soviet atomic tests. So the... Uh, the whole thing sort of boils down to this dramatic moment in, in General Ramey's office uh, when, um, so he called his, his weather officer because weather equipment, weather balloons, you get a weather officer who knows weather equipment. So he called the weather officer uh, who was named Irving Newton and uh, they called Irving Newton and said, the General wants you to get down there right away. And, and Irving Newton said, well, I'm, I'm on duty. I can't just leave my station. And, and he was told, you know, general says, get down there. You get down there, soldier. No. And so he uh, went down. He was really excited to see a flying disc. And he walks into the room and looks around and, and says, well, um, that's like a, a Ray Wynn radar reflector. You know, he recognized the radar reflector right off. And uh, so then they um, photographed um, Marcel. And, and everybody had turns taking photographs. Um, and they basically, um, um, uh, you know, made Marcel, um, or they had him pose with the stuff, which he, which he was uh, happy to do. And, and the, the thing for me that, that kind of sinks the whole Roswell incident and convinces me, yep, it, it was a government project that uh, was was misidentified as as a flying disc is that we have all this stuff on the floor and uh, Marcel uh, is going to the weatherman Irving Newton pointing to the radar reflector that's torn up on the on the floor saying look at the alien writing don't you agree with me that this is alien writing and uh, basically the entire UFO community says that the pictures that we have, um, that's all of, of a crummy, you know, radar balloon thing they had in a back room. They brought that out. They said that was the real thing. The real debris was whisked off to right field. It's not what's in the pictures in General Ramey's office. Uh, that was a hoax. And, and that's pretty much the UFO community's answer. So I've got a, a great little movie clip from the, the Roswell movie, about a three minute clip. 
that that basically sets this up and it shows how uh, Marcel is is being humiliated. Can I can I show that clip? Yeah. How um, do you want me to let you? Uh, if you can screen share me. Yeah. Then uh, I can call it up. Um, okay, I'm not I'm not there yet. All participants can share. Okay, I'm in. Okay. Yeah, because it seemed like a, it's like one of those storytelling effects where you start passing a story farther and farther down the line, and um, you start oh, seeing. Hey, I got this from yesterday's class. I'm your student on your off day. There you go. You might have to hit share with sound. I, I did. I, I hit the sound. So sound I, here we, there go. we go. I don't want to see you in Fort Worth. Me? Yeah. Major Marcel. Colonel. Colonel DeVos. Welcome to Fort Worth. General Remy's waiting. I'd say it was right about here. Sir, there's a, there's an access road that comes in from the east that, uh, well, not on this map. It's, it's pretty bad. I can't imagine it would be. There's a windmill about 100 yards south of the large gouge where the object must have hit. There's debris scattered everywhere. I have never seen anything like it. Sir. Major. We have some reporters coming. We'll show them the debris that the rancher found. You will keep your mouth shut, and I will field all questions. Is that understood? Yes, sir. Get the reporters. I don't understand. What's this? This is what you found? No. Uh, sir, this is a... Uh, well, this is a weather balloon. I mean... Uh, yeah. This is the... Uh, this is the part that hangs down that reflects the radar. I mean, this is ordinary foil. It's tin foil. We send these up every day. Well, that may be true, Major, but the fact is, this is what you found. And from now on, you're not to talk to anyone about this. That includes your family. Understood? Yes, sir. Now, this is Warren Officer Irving Newton, Weather Officer at Fort Worth. Now, tell us, what's your opinion? It's a weather balloon. I, I guess what made this one here so confusing is that it has this radar target attached quite frankly i'm a bit surprised that someone with major marcel's experience didn't recognize it for what it was major marcel would you hold this for the reporters please in fact if you would kneel down i think they could get everything into the same picture thank you So this is where the, the idea came from. This just in. What goes up must come down. Bad news, folks. Seems our flying saucer is more like an empty teacup. According to General Ramey, Major Marcel should have realized that what the rancher had found was, in fact, nothing but a weather balloon. Talk about having confidence in your army. And here I was planning on inviting the Martians on this show so we could hear their side. Hmm. Now, uh-oh. The small... There we go. They, um... So, so uh, would you say that was... So, is that, like, the origin of kind of, like, you, you think where a lot of these people started thinking that maybe that they're not showing you the real thing? Because, like I said, I have my skepticisms about the government. I don't think they give everything to you, and why would they give everything to you? But... Can I... Show you one more thing. Let me let me pull it up here and get it get it ready. Um, we just gotta be careful because with YouTube you get copyright strikes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. I don't have any more uh, movie clips. Um. 
Because like, well, like, let's say like you're uh, if you're talking to someone who believes in this incident and believes that it was a cover up and believes that they really have alien tech somewhere, like maybe stuff that leads kind of into the Bob Lazar thing. What is your what is your biggest criticisms that you face when talking about something like this? Um, well, the, you know, the true believers have have their uh, reasons to to think that, um, you know, the government is covering up the cosmic Watergate, as it's called. Um, uh, so I, I would like to show you some uh, pictures of sure uh, of of that stuff. Here I go. Here we go. Can I uh, share again? Yeah, you should be able to. Okay, and uh, switch over to PowerPoint. Okay, so. Um, so here's these uh, pictures that Jay Bond uh, Johnson took for the Dallas Morning Star Telegram. That's General Ramey. That's uh, Major Marcel, and uh, being humiliated uh, with that's definitely a Project Mogul kind of radar target. Uh, there's the weather guy Irving Newton uh, posing, and and there is General Ramey with Colonel Debose who. Is is mentioned by the the Bob Lazar types. Colonel Dubose was was in on it, uh, in on the uh, the big cover up. So and these photos, this is the Roswell incident, but these are clearly not a spaceship. Uh, but they do show material uh, that is entirely consistent with your Project Mogul balloon train. So uh, the UFO believers uh, are pretty much united in saying that. These pictures are a hoax, like they showed in that movie clip that I showed you. And uh, so this is the the weather guy, and and this is his official uh, Air Force affidavit, uh, and this is what I think kind of settles the Roswell incident. He said while uh, I was examining the debris, Major Marcel was picking up pieces of the target sticks and trying to convince me that some notions on the sticks were locations. alien writings. They were figures on the sticks, lavender or pink in color, appeared to be weather-faded markings with no rhyme or reason. He did not convince me there were alien writings. So it, it was the hieroglyphics that convinced Marcel it was a flying disc, not from Earth. And he, and he always believed that. He, he never thought it was from Earth. Um, so I showed you the clip. But uh, so here's the, the movie where they've got the obviously bogus radar reflector. Here's the real thing. Uh, weather guy. So, so my question to all the, the UFO uh, promoters is, is, why is your guy Marcel pointing to this this piece of crummy tin foil he was humiliated to pose with? Why is he trying to convince this man who humiliated him publicly that this crummy tin foil has alien writing? It it doesn't add up, and and to me. The, the sensible story is, this is the Roswell incident. This is the debris that Mac Brazel found on his ranch, and and it wasn't a, an alien spaceship. Marcel, um, I've got another fun little film clip where they asked uh, Major Marcel, well, you know, you, you've seen stuff at White Sands. Was it a, a rocket, an airplane? And, and Marcel says, no, it was not an airplane or a rocket but it was not from this earth. So um, there you have it. Hmm. Okay. I, um, it, to me, it's just, it's one of the ones that always gets referenced to. And my only thoughts now is, is that with a town that basically popularizes their location on the basis of this incident and the basis of a UFO crash, there's more plausibility or there's more kind of belief in wanting to deny the fact that it was exposed to be a weather balloon, more of the fact that it came from somewhere else and it actually was a spaceship and the government's hiding it up, which explains why a lot of people really are refusing to hear maybe clear evidence or information, um, especially with a film clip as well, too. People just would say, oh, that's Hollywood or that's not what actually happens. What if they want you to believe? And that's when it starts to get a little bit more like, well, now you're sounding kind of like the one that's wrong in a sense, because you don't have any evidence to show that it was a cover up. All you have is a, a film, for instance. 
I'm more in belief with you when I say that when it comes to the Roswell incident, it obviously probably was a weather balloon. I think it was a hoax or it was whatever it was. I don't think it was an alien thing that landed. Um, but a, a town that bases their whole popularity and their whole name now off of that incident, I would say it's going to be very, very hard for them to want to even say, oh, yeah, it was a hoax. It was a weather balloon. It, Rather- it is. Now, the UFO Museum does have a, a small exhibit that says, well, here's the mogul explanation. And, and it's it's more lip service than anything, but but they do acknowledge it. So um I'm not sure if that's still down there. I haven't been to the museum for, for a few years. That's the thing is that how many people go to that museum compared to how many people go to the McDonald's that's in the shape of a UFO. See, there's, they're not going to tell you, oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, we live in Roswell, the famous you know, crash landing of one of those flying saucers. Just saying that's more popular to build up money for your yeah. town rather than well, it is for. I'm not going to fault Roswell for, for trying to capitalize. I'm not either. I'm just saying that's the Some biggest. Some towns have a, a potato festival. Yeah. Some towns um, have a armadillo festival. Um, you got to, you know, go with what you got. Yeah, and I think it's a gr- it's a great money option. Is what I'm saying. That's what I think it's been in my mind. Like I was saying in the beginning, that's what I think it is now. It's not really an actual thing of like an, a saucer landed here. Or there's this type of thing going on. It's more of like a publicity stunt to get more attention yeah. for your town, which I'm not mad at. There's sort of parallels uh, with our other New Mexico cities. So Aztec. Uh, they have their own UFO fable. Some uh, some swindlers um, were were uh, swindling people uh, with these devices called doodle bugs that they alleged could find gold and, and oil. And then they came up with the idea, you know, what if we told our our, our marks that these uh, doodle bugs were alien technology? So they uh, started to um, you know uh, do that. And so these uh, two swindlers. Uh, convinced a, a, a Hollywood gossip columnist named Frank Scully to write a novel describing how these scientists uh, gave a talk in Denver that revealed all these secret details of this alien craft that was re- recovered in Aztec, New Mexico, when it was 99.99 feet wide exactly, and it had 16 uh, dead aliens, and, uh, and we learned all sorts of uh, advanced alien technology. And, and so the, the Hollywood reporter, Scully, uh, that book, and, and it was like a bestseller. It was their, our first uh, sort of flying saucer novelette, uh, Attack of the Flying Saucers. And, um, and then, uh, um, and, and pretty much it was a story made up by the con men. And, and so a, a reporter for True Magazine named J.P. Kahn uh, got really interested in it, and, and he dug into it and found, you know, that they were swindlers. He found their victims that they had swindled, and he wrote the whole thing up in, in True Magazine and a, and a couple of dynamite um, multi-page uh, exposés where uh, he described um, things like he, uh, the swindlers said they had a piece of, of the alien spaceship, and so J.P. Kahn, the reporter, uh asked to look at it and he did a magic trick and gave them another piece of metal in return and took the the debris from the venusian spaceship at aztec uh took it to stanford research had them analyze it and and it turned out to be uh pots and pans aluminum but uh you know the main part was you know he he found the victims and uh and that led to a court trial and uh, and there's a denver post headline uh, saucer scientists uh, convicted in fifty thousand dollar fraud, and um, so an Aztec decided, let's do a Roswell, and and let's have our own festival. So the library, the Aztec Library, organized it uh, late nineties, and in fact, uh, I gave a couple talks at, at some of the first uh, uh, celebrations they had of their Aztec UFO, and I. Showed him, hey, you know, J.P. Kahn kind of figured it out for you. Here it is. Um, but uh, it sort of degenerated into just this sort of new age. Um, uh, the mothership was here. And, and if you can't see the mothership, what's what's wrong with you? And it, it just really descended into a, a sort of, uh, you might think you were in Sedona, Arizona, instead of Aztec, New Mexico. 
so after uh, 14 years, the library said, you know, this this isn't brightening our town the, the way we envisioned. We're calling it quits. So they uh, they they canceled their Roswell Festival or Aztec Festival. Uh, and then the other uh, big one here is where I live, Socorro, New Mexico. Uh, we've got the uh, Socorro incident uh, where a policeman saw something really unusual um, south of town, and um, and and there was uh, actual uh, physical evidence. There was some uh, prints of perhaps an alien craft and burned bushes from uh, jets going off. So uh, and that attracted J. Allen Hynek himself to uh, check it out for Project Blue Book. And, uh, and there's lots of explanations. We really uh, don't have a, a super good explanation of that. It, it could have been a student prank. And the president of our university at the time wrote a letter to Nobel laureate Linus Pauling said, yeah, I've heard that it was a student prank and that the student has left. Um, but I uh, since, you know, talked to him, Sterling Colgate, about that um, before he died a few years ago, and he couldn't remember who the student was or, or even the, the details of the prank. It was just uh, too far back in 1964. So, uh, but uh, another colleague, uh, Duke Giltenberg, uh, who uh, worked down at, he did a lot of the, the big balloon flights, the, uh, the, the really large uh, gas balloons, the skyhooks, they were called. And, and Duke uh, looked around the records of White Sands for April 24th, 1964, uh, the day that the policeman Lonnie Zamora saw this really weird thing south of town. And uh, it turns out uh, the White Sands Missile Range uh, was, was testing a lunar surveyor, which uh, designed for the moon and, and its six times weaker gravity could not fly all by itself on Earth. So they had a little a uh, test helicopter, a Bell helicopter that uh, supported it. So you've got this really weird helicopter carrying a lunar surveyor with that can hold two astronauts in spacesuits. And if that is what Lonnie Zamora saw, then um, I, I think, well, that, that could explain um, the, the whole thing there. So uh, that, that's one explanation. Another explanation uh students have uh, emailed me former students saying yeah uh we did it we were there was a dynamite shack out there and there was still some dynamite we were uh, lighting sticks of dynamite under these 55 gallon drums and propelling them you know 100 feet into the air and it was all great fun until that cop stopped and then we took off and and they you know might have been dressed in, in white overalls to handle the dynamite um so there's lots of interesting explanations. Of course, one of them is aliens from outer space uh, made that huge trip through uh, uh, the vastness of the uh, galaxy to uh, to visit us and then fly away without making contact. Um, but it, that's an interesting one. So the the point I was uh, trying to get to was um, that um, you know some people think. Uh, that the policeman, you know, cooked it up with the mayor to to make Socorro famous, to put Socorro on the map. Uh, and I really don't buy that. I think the policeman, Lonnie Zamora, was sincere. I think he saw something really weird that freaked him out. Um, I think it's possible it, it could have been uh, a space experiment from White Sands. Uh, maybe it was students blowing up dynamite. Uh, I'm, I'm not convinced it was aliens from space. But uh, the important thing is um, it, it never went anywhere. Socorro doesn't have the, the Lonnie Zamora Museum. We've, we've got a, a mural south of town with Lonnie's picture on it. And that's about it. Um, we don't have uh, a major museum. It's, the, the mayor never tried to capitalize on it. So, so, so just, I really you know, discount the the explanation just, that it was a Socorro hoax. Just from your thoughts, wh why would you, or why are you so, I guess let's say, interested in trying to, I wouldn't say combat, but battle um, people in the UAP or UFO community? 
Because I'm like, that just seems exhausting. After a while, it just seems like you're just fighting against a wall or something like that. But I mean, you've proudly spoke and you've kind of been, you know, talked about like, this is why it's not that and this and this. Are you looking at it from a local aspect, like just the area that you live? You're kind of like looking at it like it's, you know, people don't know or are you? It's, it's just, a, um, you know, there are so many explanations going going out there and and many of them are wrong. And I think if if scientists don't try to explain here's what really happened with all these mysterious events there are mysterious events but most of them have pretty good explanations so if scientists don't explain those if we just say oh we're above that i'm not going to talk about conspiracy theories then um what the public is going to hear is is unsolved mysteries look at socorro look at roswell and they're going to hear this this stream of uh, true believer claims and if they're never countered then you know why not believe it so i think it's it's important for scientists to to try to communicate to the public um you know these they're fascinating mysteries they have fascinating solutions and we need to you know convey um some of that ex excitement um I mean, we live in an exciting universe right now uh, we're in a solar system that has a planet, Mars, that is populated entirely by robots. That's pretty neat. Yeah, the rover. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the idea, like Bill Nelson coming out to the public and saying that there's things that they can't identify and they want to do a whole space program that studies in extraterrestrials or UFOs? Um, so I... I there was a, a new report um, that, that came out uh, this summer, and um, and it was you know the UFO community tried to make it sound like a huge thing, but if you actually uh, look at the uh, details of the report, basically it it says well there there are many explanations that, that could explain these things, and uh, my my colleague Mick West, I, I hear you talked to him recently, yeah. Uh, but um, great he, guy. He's uh, talked to our group uh, a couple times. Once in, in person, we flew him out here, and and uh, most recently on Zoom. Uh, but he um, has uh, really delved into uh, the UAP stuff and the and the FLIR and the Go Fast and the gimbal videos, and and has found um, for the most part that um, they have uh, prosaic uh, explanations. Turn off my alarm there. That's an there alien ringtone. Now I don't trust you now. <laughs> uh oh. Um, I just I just find it skeptical because I started looking at uh Bill Nelson coming out and saying that he wants to look for our origins on uh Mars. Um, when there's a video of him saying that, the main NASA director saying that, where I'm like, I don't understand the game here. You have they haven't talked about it any time until now. Um, like I said, I'm not really I don't have a side, whether it is, whether it's not, I, I'm going to sleep the same either way. Uh, I just, I find it fascinating because I, like I said, I, I, I not distrust the government, but I'm skeptical with them. And that would be the concept of why are they now talking about the idea that our origins on Mars, when that was conspiracy theory that we might've came from Mars or something like that. Like, it just seems very, very odd to me where I wonder if, is it a, is it a push for funding? Is it a push of belief in the government or belief in something else out there? Keep your mind off the politics. I have no clue. I was just wondering your thoughts on that. Hmm. So uh, I haven't really um, seen directly too much of Bill Nelson's um, stuff there, but um, uh, the you know one of the proponents that uh, life on Earth uh, was started on Mars is uh, Richard Hoagland and the uh, the Enterprise mission and, and the face on Mars, and and he contends that that this uh, hill on, on Mars, this little knobby mesa, uh, that kind of looked like a face in an early Viking photo, really is a face, it's a mile wide, and our Martian ancestors are trying to communicate to us, and they've got this uh, tetrahedral geometry uh, that they're uh, trying to communicate with us. And and the, the thing that gets me about that is, uh, you know, NASA, you know, back in the moonshot, it had a big budget, but it, as soon as uh, we went to the moon a few times, 
we beat the Russians. That was it. You know, they uh, pulled the plug on that huge um, investment. And um, so if NASA had any inkling, you know, if we could take high-res pictures that showed the face on Mars really was a sculptured human image, they would do it. I mean, in a heartbeat, NASA would say, yeah, look what we got on Mars. Send money and we'll go check it out for you. Um, so uh, as far as the, the face on Mars things, you know, if there really was uh, some evidence of, of uh, life there, um, I think NASA would show it to us to encourage us to send them out there to, to learn more. Um, so, so I, you know, think we're uh, doing interesting things with our probes. I think it's it's super interesting to look for a life on, on Europa in the in the liquid oceans underneath the ice. Um, that sounds like a, a super fascinating project. Uh, checking, you know, Mars for signs of past life uh, because it um, it's it's always been on the small side and and really too small to sustain an atmosphere. So. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical uh, that we'll find life, but it's worth looking for. Yeah, I just, it, it, it it's definitely, I mean, it's a, it, it's something that you should, I think you should be interested in for sure. It's just when I'm, when I hear these statements from, um, see, I'm trying, I'm trying to find the video right now. Uh, when Bill Nelson is talking about looking for our origins, possibly coming from Mars. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that, I mean, during, I think everyone had their mind on the pandemic for so long that all this release of everything kind of really was just like under the radar in a sense. I mean, they talked about it earlier and no one really cared because we were like in the midst of the, I guess I would say peak COVID. And then now they're starting to talk about it again and you're getting a lot of people interested where a lot of people are wondering what the hell is going on. There's more phone videos I'm seeing every single day and a lot, obviously those can be manipulated, but it's just, uh, it's definitely like, I'm, I'm curious to what the major goal of them um, besides pushing for funding, I would say. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. Huh. Well, I'd, I'd have to see what he's, he's saying to, Really, really comment on it. See if I can find it. I've, I've got a, a sort of germane picture, if I can share screen for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, some pictures I took here in Socorro that, that relate to um, the whole phenomenon. Is that okay? Yeah, you should be able to share screen still. Okay. Let me... Uh... I don't need sound for this one. And we'll go right here. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was not the one I wanted. I was, I was right on top of it and uh, lost the whole thing. Uh, okay, here we go. That one. And current. So this is a XKCD cartoon. He's a um, uh, sort of a younger cartoonist, and uh, this one a few years years ago, uh, 1980 through uh, 2013, uh, time and the vertical axis percentage of the population carrying cameras everywhere they go, every waking moment of their lives. Uh, in the last few years, with very little fanfare, we've conclusively settled the questions of flying saucers, lake monsters, ghosts, and Bigfoot. And uh, so then uh, back in uh, 2014, a, a friend of mine, Kathy Richardson, found this weird cloud above the church in Socorro, and she put it on Facebook. And, and when I saw that, I said, well, that's funny, because when I was riding my bike to work that day, I saw a weird cloud, and I took its picture, and I put it on Facebook. So then I had the two of them, and I, I showed these to my students to say, see, even a kind of mildly interesting cloud can get multiple pictures. So where are the pictures of Bigfoot or the mothership? And after a couple of semesters, one of the students said, I remember that cloud, and he gave me his picture. So we got three pictures of this kind of mildly interesting cloud that happened in Socorro. So my... Um, point there is is um you know if people you know think they 
see uh, videos or, or UFOs and they're taking videos of it, you know, get your friends to to corroborate it. Um, if uh, but but many of these uh, videos are um, things that are are too close. Um, you know, if you you know people don't understand how cameras work sometimes and uh, a fly flying close to a camera out of focus can look like a ship that's 20 kilometers away. Um, so I think, uh, you know, in the long run, you just have to look at, at all the evidence for, for these things that are being claimed. So I'm going to, sh- I'm going to share screen this with you. I think I okay. found it. Should pop up. Do you see what I'm seeing? Is it share now? I'm seeing my. Yeah, screen. I can. Okay. I got you. Do you see Bill? You see Bill Nelson, right? Uh, I see Bill Bob Pliskin Esquire. Yeah, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. Hold on, it's gonna scroll right back up. This one right here, the video with Bill Nelson that my curse was on. Okay, twenty-two seconds. Yep, yep, yep. And hostile conditions as we get ready to go to the planet Mars, and when we go to Mars, we're gonna continue the search of understanding who we are, where we came from, and what was before us, and may be foretelling of what is the future. I think uh, establishing colonies on adverse and... And this boils down to, there's that's the only one I could find right now, but there was other videos as well, too, where he talks about, and specifically, I have done his impersonation multiple times, where he goes, our origins story. And that kind of like the main thing, which I think is curious. I'm not I'm not saying it's aliens. I'm not saying it's this. I'm just wondering why is the guy from NASA saying that on live television when nobody has seen this before? And I'm like, you wonder why there's people that are thinking that, you know, we're being lied to. I'm like, you can't. What is that? A push for funding? I think it's funding stuff. It just makes it makes me curious as an individual person um, with why that would even be on TV unless it was a movie. Yeah, I think he's just, uh, and it's just my opinion. He's maybe trying to uh, connect it to the to the bigger pic- picture, you know. By um, how do we learn the, uh, the age of the Earth? It's not by studying the Earth. It's by studying meteorites that have landed on the Earth because they, uh, you know, the Earth is is too violent. It it uh, has plate tectonics. It melts things. We we really don't have any four and a half billion year old rocks on the Earth. So. Yeah. Uh, we looked to the meteors to establish that. So, so maybe Bill Nelson is saying that by exploring the solar system, we can find out how the whole solar system, including Earth, came to be. So may, maybe that's the angle he's he's going off on. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look at that further to, to see if he's. I'd uh, love to have you back on, David. I mean, uh, I'd love to have you back on, Dave. This was a perfect conversation i really appreciate you giving me your time as well too um we we, we went past an hour man but if you want to i'm going to link everything that you have in the description for everyone to be able to click is there any links that you know offhand that people can find you be able to contact you and see some of your work as well too so i've got um articles about uh the roswell incident and the socorro incident and aztec uh as as well as uh 9 truthers and the chemtrails and uh, creation and evolution uh, at uh, my website, uh, New Mexicans for Science and Reason, uh, nmsr.org. Uh, and we have a YouTube channel, uh, and we've uh, been having uh, Zoom meetings with the uh, pandemic. Um, so we're hoping to meet in person again sometime soon. Uh, but those are all on uh, the YouTube. So our, our channel is the NMSR, um, seven letters. And, um, and, and um, Mick West was uh, one of our uh, speakers gave a, a bang up presentation on the on the new uh, UAP stuff, and uh, so our uh, presentation earlier uh, this week uh, we got one from uh, Dr. Pace Van Devender who who is working on. Uh, you mentioned um, the uh, uh, ball lightning, uh, and he's actually got a an explanation he's working on to explain. Uh, ball lightning and dark matter uh, within the uh, uh, the current uh, standard model using um, uh, quarks, but but aggregations of quarks called magnetic quark nuggets, which would be incredibly dense 
incredibly magnetic particles, which uh, he thinks could could explain uh, dark matter uh, mm -hmm. and, and why there is matter that we can't see. Uh, but it could also explain phenomena like ball lightning. So, uh, but that one, uh, he said uh, he had some uh, some papers that he's uh, getting published. So he uh, so he gave us the scoop, um, but we can't put that on the YouTube uh, until he publishes his paper in a couple months. So uh, that one, uh, you'll just have to wait just to see. But uh, we've got all um, many other uh, uh, fun topics. Um, ben, ben Radford, you might um, uh, want to talk to him someday. He's he's written. Uh, books on how to uh, perform skeptical investigations, and his uh, latest book is. You have to put in a good word for me so I can uh, get him on too, the show. Too big to be true, but uh, he's he's a fun speaker. He'll he'll uh, give you a good show. But um, I'll link everything, all your links and everything in the description for people to be able to find as okay, well. Okay, yeah, nmsr.org to to get you started. But we got the the Roswell and. Uh, uh, All the fun many, topics. Many topics. <laughs> um, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Stay tuned for our next episode.